1: This
3: is TalkSport Daily.
0: Hello, happy Monday and welcome to another Andy Goldstein's TalkSport Daily podcast with of course, yeah, me, your host Andy Goldstein and a big old podcast coming your way. And it begins with some comedy actually, yeah, because Liverpool dropped points again as game day kicked off with more
3: VAR controversy. They're checking a possible penalty here. For Brighton.
0: Uh, I think this was with Andy Robertson and then we had a challenge with Welbeck.
3: VAR looking at it, was that a kick? We didn't see much wrong with this challenge on Welbeck, oh, pen- but he has caught his foot and it is a penalty to Brighton in the 92nd minute of the game. Here is Pascal Gross then, now as he finally steps up to take this penalty kick. Right footed, he stops his run up and slams it down the middle, and Brighton have equalised in the. Second minute of stoppage time. The first one was, was, was a penalty, a bit clumsy of Nico, but was a penalty. And uh, the second one, if the ref thinks it's enough, um, contact, <laughs> and that's a penalty as well. Let me say, like a good reference is always when the players of the other team think, ah, I'm not sure it was
2: a penalty. So, and that's the that was the case, and so, <laughs> um, but it, we, we cannot change that, and, and um, that's why. I don't think too much about it. I thought there was some sort of contact, but it's not the strongest penalty i have ever seen. I'm, I'm not going not to uh, lie about that. Uh, but I think, again, we've been on the receiving end of some and you're going to get those decisions. I think sometimes we forget before VAR it was referees giving soft penalties or missing stonewall penalties and missing offside. and. That's part of the game. It's part of the conversations. Why we love it. The only other alternative is to replace the human beings with, with computers and find some uh, artificial intelligence, and then we'll get all the right decisions. And then I'm not sure we'll like the game anymore.
0: Now, in other games this weekend, there were big wins for both Manchester City and Manchester United, who came back from 2 0 down to get all three points. Yeah, yeah. Gordon United. United.
3: It is Manchester City, five Burnley Nil and Mares has the hat trick.
4: There's still many things to improve, but sometimes it happens because this amount of games. The players always football is like it was a game like a joy for the players. Now it's uh... It's like a routine, and, and sometimes makes it difficult for all of us. Southampton two,
5: United three, and all credit here has to be given to one man, and that is Oli Solskjaer. First half it wasn't working; his team were two down. He brings on Edison Gavani and the Uruguayan has two. Southampton two, United three.
3: United won it later on. He has forced us to uh, play him because he played really well against Istanbul. We felt uh, we wanted to keep him on the bench to uh, to keep drip-feeding him in and because it's going to be a long season and uh, he's been out for a long time. So now he's getting better and better and he's made a very good impact today.
0: Now the Sunday session and the legend that is Andy Cole joined Sam Mataface and Perry Groves and he told the story of Manchester United's famous half-time kit change at Southampton in 1996 and reacted to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, comparing him to Edison Cavani.
3: It reminds me of uh, Andy, by the way. His movement inside the box is so sharp. Clever, great timing. I've got to say, uh, he's not learned of me because I was ready when the game started or second half started. I always had my boots tied and uh, with the right studs on.
1: With, with Cavani, he knows the runs he wants to make. So, he touched on it. Once Marcus has made that touch out of his feet... He's just going to gamble to the near post. He goes near post, he's got a diving header. Because he's on the move. And even if a centre-half goes with him, he's already half a yard behind him because he's on his heels at first, the centre-half. And then he makes his move and he's got himself in there. So, yeah, I, I, keep, I keep saying, I will continue to say, Cavani will score goals because he's just that a goal scorer.
3: It's the shirts, isn't it? Because these are a bit sort of grey looking as well, aren't they, really? Is that it?
1: why you're saying there's going to be a change at
3: half-time for May <laughs> night? Do you think it's going to be the kit? Uh, that 3-1 loss in April where Ferguson made them change their grey uh, kits at half-time. What was the discussion uh, in the in the dressing room at half-time? What did the boss say when he walked no, in? He,
1: he wasn't particularly happy with our performance. Um, so he, he let everyone know how to go. Albert the kitman as well. to <laughs> regarding, <laughs> regarding <old> Albert? <laughs> regarding the kit. Albert started to take a little bit of flat from the manager and he just told us basically in uh, no uncertain terms, turn to get that kit off and change kit and play in the blue and white kit because you can't see each another.
3: You got back to 3-1. That was about as close as you got. And I think that was an 89th minute goal from Giggsy. So yeah. I'm not necessarily sure it made much of a
1: difference in the second No, half. it didn't. But, you know, I'm I'm that individual. I'm, I'm not going to be hired behind the kit. We didn't play particularly well that, that afternoon. Did
3: you think that the kit was a problem though when you were wearing it?
1: It, it was an horrible kit. It was a horrible kit back in those days as well the manager always used to have the say on the kit so the away kit and the third kit the manager always used to have his say so I think he's down to the boss (laughs) (laughs) you didn't tell him that at the time
0: now TalkSport brought you two massive fights on fight night as I think we probably called it Mike Tyson was back after 15 years and Daniel Dubois looked like he'd been out the ring for 15 years as he took on Joe Joyce
3: been a long time in the making there goes the bell and we are finally here both of these two stepping into the center of the ring good stiff jab and he just dabs it in the eye and Dubois goes down two To mention the q word they are going to mention the quit word they are there's no point of sugar coating i don't, you, no I don't, I don't, I don't think it. that
1: firstly but he's got to expect um uh, the question to be asked look at that that looks terrible that his eye practically closed he must have got a shot on the eye that was so painful that went so the pain went so far through his body that he must have thought i can't continue with this night
3: into the action tyson Trying to double up on the jab there and just shut Jones down. Tyson got through with a good left hook there, first shot landed by Tyson. Jones moving around the perimeter of the ring, just switching angles, pushing out the jabs. Tyson steps in and tries to whack to the body, look to put everything behind that if he could. Final few seconds of this fight between these two ageing balls these two legends of the squared circle there goes the final bell now England wrapped up the T20
0: series with another win over South Africa David Milan was the hero with the bat TalkSport 2 brought you live exclusive
3: coverage It's left arm around to uh, the left-handed Milan, and that's a glorious shot. He goes on the reverse paddle and gets it past short third man and straight away races away for uh, four. Gidi is into Milan, it's again in the slot. Milan hits it straight back over his head, and I think it may well have gone all the way for six the Texas horns are up from uh, umpire Sean George and that is a magnificent stroke and it is another T20 International 50 for the number one batsman in the world David Milan. Rabada is in once more to uh, Jordan Jordan scoops it into the leg side that'll be the game and the series.
0: You know we can't underestimate the, the impact that David Milana had on that, that innings there and he was the only batter that batted some time and got himself up to a reasonable st- strike rate he comes in and he, he does the hard bit at the beginning and then that allows him to be able to hit those boundaries a little bit more freely as he as he's Batch for a longer period of time.
4: I think we're showing different aspects of our game is extremely important. It's never going to be cruisy the whole day. Um, I think we've proven over a long period of time that when we do come on flat wickets, we have an explosive game to facilitate that or to do enough to compete or to win. But certainly on a, on a slow, stodgy wicket, we can find other ways of winning. So that's extremely satisfying.
0: And following the cricket last night, the second episode of Talksport's brilliant documentary, After the Lights Go Out featured former England opener Marcus Trescothic. He discussed suffering with anxiety and depression and how it brought an early end to his career.
5: Both times that I came back, once from India, once from Australia, was that the only time for that sort of period of the previous week, two weeks, I felt comfortable was on the flight because, you know, the decision was made. I was on the way home. I was in, in the air in a nice, softy, comfy seat, And it was like, at last, I can eat and I can drink and I can actually get some sleep now because the decision is made. You're you're most contented at that point because you're in the air, no one can get you, there's no one going to bug you, um, and you're happy. But getting off the flight was the best thing ever because you got through the trap door. Basically, I was in the hotel after about 15 minutes, I reckon, Mm. um, from getting off the flight the second time around, which was amazing because there's a door literally as you walk off, the airplane, you normally normally in through the little tunnel. There's a little door there if you ever notice. And you I went straight down there, straight down into a car, I'm um, off and out the airport. And it was absolutely brilliant. But for the wrong reasons, of course, but uh, you know, you But for the right reasons for
1: you, you though.
5: Oh, of course it was. Yeah. But uh, you know, experience little things like that was was quite special. But I, I was able to say, you know, just get me out of there. I, I was so bad that I was just like, just get me home. I just want to be in my own bedroom and my own house with my family and feel safe and get happy again that was all i was worried about
0: and you can hear both episodes of after the lights go out on your podcast app with another episode coming this sunday on talk sport now the warm-up with the competition winner that is max rushton and the wonderful barry Denning. they had the wicker manager gareth ainsworth on he spoke about his concerns over the link between heading the ball and dementia
1: do you sort of think about i don't remember sort of how often you headed the ball I don't know what you know in training if you did but if if, if that ever comes into your mind if you ever think you know I wonder what
2: no, honestly, yeah. Recently, I've been thinking a lot about it. I I was known for whatever team I played in. It was it was can we hit Gareth on the right wing because he can win a header, you know? I could get up and win headers, and, and so I've, I've headed a heck of a lot of balls in my career. I'm out of the goals I scored over hundred goals, fifty of those I'd say were headers. So, I you know, there's of course there's the worry. I mean, uh, you you keep getting yourself checked out and everything, but but also now as a manager, I'm in training saying can we win those headers in midfield thinking is that the right thing to say now because uh because of what's happened you know so we really want some serious guidance on this uh you know surely, surely we can't take heading out of the game but maybe the heading drills now and, and what you you know just just repetitive heading is probably he's probably going to have to come out of the game sure. and training you know so and, and the right way the right thing definitely but um heading for me is a big part of the game you know just watch the the Forest Swans again this morning, the goals are header, you know, Roberts at the back sticks. So, I mean it's uh, it's uh, it's a big, big serious part of the game. Um but also is more serious and it's uh, it's costing lines which is important.
1: Are you, are you sort of consciously thinking about making your players head it less in training?
2: Yeah, yeah. We're not putting we're not putting heading drills on, you know. We will do the crossing and finishing and it's something to some of the players if they want to head it they head it, you know. And, you know, you used to probably three, four years ago, if, if somebody'd try a volley when the head is a definite thing, I'd be going head it. You've got to head that one. Now I'm thinking sort of twice, thinking you know what, you know, in a game I'm hoping he will head it, but in training maybe it doesn't that much matter that much because. Uh, but listen, we, we know players who are renowned for heading the ball, and you know big centre forwards who used to do it. I just hope that it isn't just everyone. It's, it's this disease is just picking and choosing the odd one because uh, there's a hell of a lot of heading was done back in the day, wasn't it? And uh, we've got to be you've got to be careful with it all now.
0: Now, Lionel Messi scored for Barcelona on Sunday, then removed his shirt to reveal one of Diego Maradona's old shirts underneath as a tribute. We heard more tributes across the weekend, including Tony Cascarino's story of how he almost ended up playing with the Golden Boy. In my opinion, it is subjective, I know that. It's all down to your opinion. But for me... The area that he played in, he was the best. I mean, there's three players in my lifetime who I watched who had me on the edge of the seat. Only three. Peli, Maradona and Messi. Ronaldo and others, plenty of other players, but don't have me on the edge of my seat. Mm. Them three did. They done Mm. things others could only dream about.
2: At that time, he was the best player. And he was the best player I ever played against. Difficult, really difficult to stop, a lot of quality, unbelievable. For sure, I'm going to keep a really good, fantastic memory of him.
3: The influence of Argentina in around that period, 78, you know, I I personally, you know, the old Le Cop Sportif Argentinian shirt that that a few people used to wear at the time, I I, I had one of them. I got rid of it a few years later, as you can imagine. Um, But uh, fabulous footballer, right up there. And obviously,
1: a disappointing day for the whole, whole of the footballing world. When he was leaving Napoli in '91, he came to Marseille, and I spoke to the president about it, and he said we had him in the office. The Are deal you? was so ridiculous. That they just couldn't put it together. They really tried to sign Diego Maradona so what, financially. Marseille is system. a very similar sort of town to Napoli. Mm. You know, it's quite a feisty place. They're, you know, the football crazy. You know, so it's got that feel about it.
0: So hang on. Am I thinking what you're saying? No, we it, nearly know. We could ne-
1: have played could together. Have been, yeah. Me and Maradona up front. Well, Maradona Cascarino. It works. I'd <laughs> have oh, just knocked him down for him and he'd have just <laughs> done that. No.
0: Now, Darren Benn's boot room. Darren Ambrose paid tribute to his former Birmingham teammate. Papa Boubacar Diop, who sadly passed away yesterday, aged just 42.
6: I was already at Birmingham, and we needed a, a bit of bite in midfield, and um, they they signed. Papa on a, a short-term deal, and he ended up sitting next to me in the dressing room. So I got to know him really well, and uh, the term "friendly giant" comes out. He was a very, very big player. Was it? Was it um, named the Wardrobe? That's right. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, and you know, he was a real, real nice guy. Um, like I said, I, I became friends with him at Birmingham. Extremely sad to hear this news. Um, I remember he he played against Crystal Palace. He had a fabulous game um, he was fantastic ended up we were losing 2-0 um, for Birmingham and he ended up scoring the equaliser with a powerful head I was header. going
5: to say he could hit a long yeah. range shot as well yeah, yeah yeah.
6: but he, he had a fantastic game they ended up signing him on another month um, he ended up getting injured which was unfortunate for him and it, it didn't last long at Birmingham but Like I said, and I think we'll all agree here, our thoughts go out to his family and close friends.
1: There's some big news north of the border as well. There's been reports that Celtic fans outside the stadium calling for Neil Lennon to be sacked after they lost to Ross County earlier today. Talksport and Scotland's correspondent David Tanner can tell us more.
4: There are some unpleasant scenes outside Celtic Park tonight. Uh, Hundreds of supporters are gathering They're chanting for Neil Lennon to go, they're chanting for the uh, chief executive Peter Lall to go, the sort of rhetoric you would expect when a club is in a crisis. Of course, Celtic earlier today exited the League Cup in Scotland. To Ross County, Celtic's wage bill is 20 times greater than Ross County's. And of course, Celtic now with two wins in their last 10 games, two wins in three games is a crisis for Celtic. Two wins in 10 is positively uncharted territory. And Neil Lennon has been saying in the media conference, I think I should get more time at it. But if not, then so be it. Uh, He still believes he's the man for the job. Um, he's listed of course a number of things that have gone against him this season but certainly the supporters who've turned up tonight and Bearamount Glasgow is in uh, lockdown level 5 tier, sorry tier 4 which is the highest level in Scotland so they shouldn't be out they shouldn't be gathering in numbers Um, there was a there's a perimeter fence around Celtic Park and some social media pictures have shown that fence being breached by supporters and Police Scotland uh, trying to hold that line that ring of steel around the main stand at Celtic Park so clearly uh, these are it's not unsurprising scenes but very unpleasant images coming out of Glasgow tonight in the East End
0: well that's in it for another podcast I think just time to remind you that there's more live football coming up on Talksport Sport on Talksport 2 actually to be more precise later on today at 5pm as Leicester City entertain Fulham and that's it I'll be back for Andy Goldstein's Sports Bar tonight from 10pm where of course we'll be taking calls on that and all the other games from the weekend There will be another one of these Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily podcasts out first thing tomorrow morning. So do what you've got to do to get it. Until then, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Have a great day. Be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from TalkSport.